When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. G'day Pittsburgh Steelers fans and welcome to another episode of Steelers Touchdown Under on one of your favourite podcasts behind the Steelers curtain. My name's Mark Davison and today we have, uh, who do we have sitting next to me or, you know, across from, uh, from over the pond? G'day Bad, what's going on mate? Definitely not Matty P, but g'day mate. <laughs> I'm not even going to try, I'm not going to try my horrendous Aussie accent, so I'm just going to say g'day mate. Yeah, we've had it a few times with, the, you know, the Australian accent. We've been doing this now for a year and we're so thankful for the spot that we have. Um, so, but this, you know, this is our little show to, you know, where I can sit in the in the chair and ask you questions. And today is going to be a good one. Um, as the title says, a Pittsburgh uh, Steelers quarterly business review. Ooh. So basically, behind, I know, right, we're getting serious. I'm wearing my, my golf shirt, my polo shirt. We're getting, uh, as Valentino Diaz says, the hair is awesome. I yeah, I'm bringing that up because I, I love it. It's like, it's like I don't know where you just were with that hair, but there's got to be a story behind it, so I love it. I still can't get a haircut just yet. We're going through some really funny times, and we don't want to talk about that. Um, but we want to talk about the Steelers-Pittsburgh quarterly business review. And what we're going to do today in the first part, this first part is going to be amazing, so, so make sure you do stick around. Um, we're going to jump right into it. I just want to get... Like your quick thoughts, we're going to do a one minute go on like we talked about Steelers versus Green Bay, but what's the what's the last sentiment for that game, Bad? That game was what it really should have been. Even if the Pittsburgh Steelers are good this year, even if they went into that game three and three and zero, oh, that's a game that uh, you kind of expect to lose. Even a good team loses a game like that on the road. But here's the thing. There were it's desperate times right now in the Steel City. And the Steelers went into that game, did something they have not done in the past 13 games, and they scored on the first drive. They did not they could not score a field goal mm-hmm. in the first drive. And remember, that was a part of a winning streak, too. There was a, there's a lot of games that they won without scoring right away. So it's one of those things that, you know, playing an NFC East, NFC uh, North opponent on the road like that, a very good one, because I think these are two throughout history. You, you talk about Green Bay and Pittsburgh as fantastic teams. So if that's a game, when we look at the, uh, we look at the schedule at the beginning of the season, a lot of people penciled that this could be a loss and that's not a problem. 
but it changed when you're desperate at one and two. And they came out looking good. What did they do in that game, Mark, that was better? The offensive line, while not great, mm. was elevated. It looked better. It looked like it's starting to come together. Then you throw in the fact that when the offensive line's doing better, Najee Harris is able to run a little bit better. He averaged 4.1 yards per carry in that game. And and he could have and he had 15 he had 15 carries, which was a lot for him. He should have had so much more. But I'm going to get to that in a second. But what I'm saying about this is Ben Roethlisberger when Najee Harris is running the ball better, he throws better. And look at the fact what they did in that first drive. They, uh, they were able to mix it up. And when you go ahead and mix it up, you're going to be doing so much better. So here's the problem, though. Ben threw some bad balls, and that's on Ben. Ben threw the bad balls. They weren't bad routes. I talked to Coach KT Smith, who I respect greatly. He's like, yeah, those, are, those were bad balls. But Ben was looking better in a lot of situations. So you can see where things are getting better because that first drive was really nice. Mm -hmm. But you've got to do more of that. What it came down to in this game was the block kick. Oh, yeah. Big that dog. wasn't. Big so dog. Jesse James caught that ball. Joe Hayden, three words on his Twitter. I, was, I wasn't offside. And that's it. Now, do the Steelers win definitively? And definitely win if they go ahead and get that lead. No, I mean, it's not guaranteed. And I'm not saying that that cost them the game. But what that cost them, Marky D, was this. That cost them the ability to run the ball more. Because the running game was gone in the second half. And they would have had more opportunities to run instead of having to pass. Ben Roethlisberger set a, set a really weird record that has never happened in the history of the NFL. And it's simple. It's this. He is the first quarterback in history to complete two passes on fourth down and not move the chains. Really? Yes. He turned wow. them over on downs both times. <laughs> and I've never seen that. Nobody's ever seen that happen because no. it's not, it's never happened. So was that a winnable game? Yes. I think they've yeah. all been winnable games. Maybe the Cincinnati game was their worst performance, but there were opportunities to win that game. But if you lose that game and and you become two and two afterwards, or you're three and one afterwards, it's better. But not at one and three. That's where the problem is. They've got a very interesting schedule the next two weeks where it could be turned around if they can get things right, Mark. Because now you've got you don't know who the quarterback is tomorrow. You don't know whether it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater. And you don't know if it's going to be Drew Locke. And I know I'm talking way too much, and I apologize, but I'm really excited. Oh, it's fun. So here's, here's the thing with that. Jeff Hartman said something interesting the other day. He said before he made his picks, he'd like to know who the quarterback was because it might hinge on that. I'm like, no. I don't care who the quarterback of the Denver Broncos is. I care about what the if the defense can get to that quarterback. Now, you would rather see Drew Locke because Teddy Bridgewater is better at holding onto the ball. And you could knock the ball out of Drew Locke's hands easier. But as far as everything else goes, as far as passing, I'm not afraid of either one. 
So it's going to be really exciting. Then the next week, you've got Seattle at home. And I'm so bummed because Seattle does not have two losses. Seattle has three losses. And I, I was rooting for them so hard. I wanted to say Seattle has two losses all next week. But now you have surgery to Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson is is what makes that machine go in I've, Seattle. I've actually had that. Um, what he's broken, he broke his um, – he's, he's, uh, a uh, ten, tender, tender in the finger. I don't know what it's called, but it's like a the part of your finger that makes it move, right? I've actually cut that myself, and it does take ten weeks. Okay. I, um, I've uh, I was at the bar when I was serving drinks, and I smashed my finger, the schooner glass, into the bar tap, and it cut my uh, I don't know what it's called. I can't remember what it's called, tender or something like that. And then basically, what it does is you can't move your finger. So I was in. Uh, I can't do it on. I can't do it on air, but pretty much I had the rude finger. Standing up by itself. Uh, the rude finger. <laughs> I can't. I, I had it in that stationary position like this, right? But the other finger. Or pe- um, as as Eli Manning would call it, the the everyday finger. Yeah, I know. Two of them. Am, am I allowed to do that if he can do that? No, you are not. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tough injury because, you know, there's so many different um, structures in, involving the hand and how it moves, right? And just moving that finger took me about another four weeks to actually get it moving. Because it didn't move. For, so that's going to be, it's a really tough injury on uh, Russell Wilson. But I really want to get into this segment, Brian, because I'm, re- I'm going to put you on the hot spot, okay? I, this, I, I'm ready. Are you ready? ready. This, whole, this first part of the show is going to be uh, Steelers quarterly business review. Now, imagine that I am uh, the owner of the team, the Steelers team, and you're the coach. I'm going to put you under pressure. All right. Are you ready? Because I want answers. I want some answers. Okay? <laughs> you want the truth. Can I you handle answers. the truth? I, I want so, I need something, okay? So the, the first question, if I were to bring you into the board reading uh, boardroom and say, hey, Brian, mate, what is going on? The first question is, is this Steelers, this 2021 Steelers team playing as a unit? And are you happy about that? I would actually say that they are playing as a unit, but I'm not happy with the way that they're playing. If that's if that's a fair answer, because yeah, they are. This is not a selfish team. This is a team that I think is united. I think this is a team that that uh, plays for each other and, and feeds off of each other. I just think because of the offensive line situation that that's a lot of why it's in flux. I feel like the injuries and the problems at corner is why it's in flux as well. And you've and the defensive line's not the same without Tyson and without Stefan. Yeah, no, uh, it's 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 a good point with the 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 D line there, the Alu Alu and the two not being there as well. So, I, for me, like I, they're playing as a unit because you know that's what football teams do. I just want to see a bit more cohesion in that locker room. Um, I'm not overly happy with the performance what they're doing though. Ah, I'm not either. So let's, you know, but um, I don't, I don't think there's discontent as hmm. far as I don't think there's problems. I, in fact, I kind of feel like it's them against the world. They just aren't ready to beat the world yet. It's not like you have an Antonio Brown that's causing factions in there or the young money crew. You don't have guys that are splitting this up. I would think that it's probably a pretty cohesive locker room. It's just not getting done on the field and I could see them on the sidelines. Um, you know, I have no problem Juju throwing a, uh, an iPad or uh, whatever 
I know it might have not been an iPad. I, I think Dave corrected me the other day and it said it was something different, but I don't have him a problem with him throwing his tablet. They're frustrated. Oh, yeah. But you you oh. notice afterwards, nobody's throwing anybody under the bus. No, there's no real drama in the locker room. I just think that uh, over these last four games that we've played, one and three now, we've had really good things beating the Bills. We've had some good things with the Raiders and the Bengals, some some good there. And the first drive, like you talked about it, we had the seven points in the first drive. We're just not putting everything together. But I do think in that game with the Green Bay, with my with a one-minute spill, and I'll get into it in, in, in our awards too. I got a, a section on that. But basically, that field goal was ridiculous. Um, I'll get back to that in about 20 minutes' time. But the second question to put you under pressure, Brian, because I'm I'm the uh, the owner and you're the coach here. We need to figure this out. The Steelers. This is this is something that can't happen in any, in any business. Our success rate. Uh, the Steelers are zero and five on fourth down plays. How do you explain this? And where do we improve? The play calling is absolute garbage on fourth down. <laughs> it is irreprehensible. And I think one of the problems is that Ben Roethlisberger, and I think this has been confirmed that he is not given, he's not given the ability to change the play. And if you can't call an audible in that situation, if that's what's happening, then I've got a problem with Matt Canada or whoever is saying that Ben, you cannot improvise when you've got a, a player that is so used to 18 years, man, you're seeing the field, you know what to see, you know what to do. And all of a sudden they're taking that ability. I kind of have a problem with that, but I don't know if that's the truth. And I worry a little bit that I, I don't want to jump way too far on Ben's side here and against Matt Canada, because we have seen it before. Matt Canada, Todd Haley, Bruce Arians, um, even Randy Feetner. You know, Ben would Ben didn't have that much of a problem with with Bruce Arians, but Bruce Arians let him do his thing. When you don't let Ben do your thing, you have you have some problems there. So I don't know really who's to blame. I'd have to investigate so much more, but don't throw behind the line of scrimmage on fourth down. Right. You've got the guy. Man, gosh, look who you have. You have Chase Claypool. Now, he wasn't there last week. I get it. You've got a big Chase Claypool. You've got a 6'8 Pat Fryermuth. You've got a pretty large Eric Ebron. You've got, you even have Juju, who's not big, but my gosh, Juju, uh, he can get four yards just like that any day of the week and twice on Sundays. Yeah, well, that, that's that's the answer I wanted uh, is, a, is a passionate answer. And you, you've got to go and relay that to the team. If you're the coach and I'm asking, if I were asking Mike Tomlin these questions, that's the answer I want. I don't want uh, routine plays routinely. As much as the Tomlinisms are kind of funny, um, there's a point where it's like Steelers are zero and five and fourth down. We have to improve in that, that, that direction. You can't do what we've done the last few weeks. I do not complain too much about Mike Tomlin, and a lot of people probably think that I'm a Mike Tomlin apologist. But one thing that drives me <clears throat> crazy with Mike is... I feel like there's a little too much delegation and not enough. I'm the boss when it comes to yeah. his, his assistant coaches. And that's probably my biggest complaint there. And the reason that is he didn't get on Randy. He let Randy continue to do his thing last year. And they shut that ride down at Randy Lynn, which they had to. Now, sometimes you've got to step in and he hasn't, he's had no problem in the past doing it on the defense and saying, all right, I'm going to call the plays. 
I know he's probably not a play caller, but you've at one point you've got to say, why are we doing the same thing? And it seems like the Steelers are doing a lot in this situation. That is the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and, and expecting it to work. Another thing that I am having problems with right now is on third and four, there's a lot of third and fours, third and threes. And guess what's happening? This team's going deep. You can't go deep all the time. Sometimes just get the first down, get a new set of downs. And it's almost like they've got to do that. I don't know. I don't know who to blame, but all I know is I'm tired of seeing that. And that's the kind of stuff that if I'm the head coach, we're, you don't have to reinvent a wheel. You just have to adjust that wheel a little bit. We gotta, we gotta do something. Something's gotta start to change. And uh, how many times, you know, we love our team. We, we, everyone in this live chat, all around the world, the audio, snowman, Mark Tobin, Steelers freak. Um, well, Aaron Butler loves the Ravens, but yeah, you know what? And and we've kind of got this tradition, and it's no offense to Aaron, but eh, I don't want to hear it. So he's in timeout. <laughs> Fair enough. And that's that's an executive decision. You got to make these calls. You have to do it. And these are the things we're not doing with our Steelers. So I want to move into number three. Um, in this business review, the QBR. Uh, I wanted to choose a player. I was going to choose a player at random, but I'm going to choose this player who's a standout, and I want to see how, we, how he can change the game. So for the for an employee review, what are your thoughts on Najee Harris um, during his four games, and how can Najee get better? Here's the thing about Najee Harris. This guy, man, he looks like... He's even saying, I got to get better. He's looking dejected here. He's the kind of guy here that he's he wants to work. We saw that in minicamp where they're saying, man, you I don't know. You don't have to stay here. I mean, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. And that's basically what they, they said with this guy. Najee Harris, the thing about him, he does not have the line to go behind. Now, is he making, is he playing the perfect game? No, he's... He's making, uh, he's not finding the right holes either all of the time, 100% of the time, but most of it, it's not his fault. But here's the thing that I love about him. He's taking a four-yard loss and making it a one-yard game a lot of the time. Yeah. Just just imagine, and uh, just imagine when Najee, you know, he's playing so aggressive as he is, but just imagine when he gets behind a really good offensive line where they start to really be uh, playing as a team unit and we can, I don't know, I just, I really want to see what can happen with like, uh, you know, Willie Parker days or when Mendenhall started to run the ball really strong. Um, Najee is is playing um, such aggressive football and passionate football. It just, he's still a rookie. You can't put everything on this guy. That's what I think, like we covered everything on him. So, um I, I do I do want to say something, though. One of the problems with Najee Harris is that you can't put everything on him. And when you bring a guy like Benny Snell Jr. in, you might as well just say, okay, we're going to punt. Because yeah. he has done nothing this year whatsoever. You have Kalen Balazs. You used him last week. And guess what happened? He actually converted a, uh, a, third, a third and short. He's a very good player. Kalen Balazs is. I, I really think with Ant Mac possibly coming back in the next three weeks, okay. that it's a uh, call Bed Bath and Beyond because it might be curtains for Benny Snell Jr. 
I don't. I don't think we have Bed Bath and Beyond in in, in Australia. You, you don't. You, have you no, ever heard of Bed Bath and Beyond? Yeah, I saw it in that movie with um, uh, uh, Sandler. <laughs> Will Ferrell too. Was it? There was one where he goes into him and he can stop time with the remote. Oh, the remote. that's yeah, that's a clip. Yeah, I believe. He goes into he, some some reason he goes into there, goes to the back of the store, he gets a remote, and then they can change time. Um, so if I ever go over there again, maybe I can find my own remote and go back in time. <laughs> All right, I got number four. We're going for these very quickly. I have to get, get this done real fast. Number four, the Steelers coach, Mr. Kennedy. He's new here, right? He's new in this in the organization, pretty much. Um, he's, he doesn't seem to be adjusting very well to their environment. What do the Steelers need to 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 do for uh candidate to to excel how do we help him in this in this new new workplace i don't have that answer i'm i mean i could make what? something up that <laughs> might might sound clever but because i don't know i'm not in that locker room and we're not we don't know what the true problem is but i if i would say one thing and something that that we we were harping on the other day you know get him on the sidelines and i, I know that now coach smith kt smith who i do the preview with he is a uh, he's a fantastic football coach, and he might disagree with me on this, and I have no problem that he does because he knows more than than I do about X's and O's. But I really think what he says that all offensive coordinators should be up above. But I think with Ben Roethlisberger, um, I don't want him talking to Josh Dobbs on the sideline as much as the offensive coordinator, and I want them to be working out. But the reason I say that I really do not know how how to uh fix this situation because i don't know is ben not listening to him is he trying to do too much with the wrong quarterback in his system usually he's able to take his system and work it towards a quarterback but this is not this is a square peg going into a round hole the system and ben so that's that's really uh that's really what I'm saying here. This this is a tough one. I think Matt Canada is going to be fine. I don't know who's it sounds like he's making these play calls. And I'm contradicting myself a little bit from what I said earlier. But these play calls I don't love, but is Ben calling plays? We don't know both sides of the story. So I need to find a whole lot more. But and I know Ben can talk to him through a headset. But there's so much more of face to face than than just being on the sidelines together. I mean, than than calling somebody on the phone. We uh, we just need something, you know. With uh, Canada, we just need some. I don't know. We we need some first downs. We need something positive that happens, you know, in succession, like first down and, and some some. Some plays that aren't like generic Eric and like, you know, we're going to throw to the receiver on the outside. He gets done, fourth down plays. Um, Big Ben's not going to need time. We're really at this point with Canada. I just think uh, maybe a change up, bring him down to the sidelines might help this Steelers team. So um, we'll move into the the last question, Brian, um, for for this segment in the the QBR. And the biggest question, if if I was the owner and you were the coach, how do we do? Um, do you believe that the Pittsburgh Steelers, our team, can turn it around? And you're, you're also on mute, but do you believe the Steelers can turn it around? I know I was on mute. I had a dog in the background, so I, <laughs> I had my finger on the trigger. So I, I was ready. Uh, not my first rodeo here, Marky D. You know, I, even, even though I've been caught with without it before. Uh, 
look, yeah, th- this co- this could be turned around. Consistency and cohesiveness on the offensive line is going to be a big thing, and you're not going to get it again this week because you might get Zach Banner back this week. You have two rookies on there. Um, those rookies, if you continue to keep both of them in, which I think Kendrick Green is there for the long haul, but I really think that with Zach Banner possibly coming back, it's going to get better. And I think if it's not Zach Banner and it's Joe Haig this week, I actually think it's going to get better. The running game will get better, and that's what you're looking for. What I'm worried about is the left tackle position, and it's not Dan Moore Jr. as much. I'm just afraid they're going to go back to the old ways and put Chucky Akobe back. Not Chucky. My gosh, Chucky Akobe played uh, 15 years ago. Let, let me rephrase that. Um I'm afraid they're going to put Chooks Okorafor in there. Uh, say, same initials, Chucky, Akobe, Chooks Okorafor, you know, I mean, CO. But I'm afraid that that's what they're going to do. And I just think, I, I'm sure he's a wonderful guy. I just don't think he is anything more than a backup offensive lineman. And that's Chuk Wilma Okorafor. So I think it's going to get better. I think once that line starts to gel more, that even within the quarterback situation quarterback situation, I think could be fine. He still needs to hit some more of the, uh, he needs to hit Juju on those plays, but I think it's going to be fine if the offensive line gets rectified because the offensive line allows you to do more play, uh, excuse me, more uh, play action pass. It allows you to get the running game going. It allows you to give uh, Ben more time as well. So, with that, I think it could get better. The defense, once it gets everybody back on defense, Cam Sutton's out this week. It's a problem. Once that happens, they're going to be in better in better shape as well. So I'm not the guy that's delusional here, but I'm a guy that's watched this team start one and three before. And I've watched this team, gosh, two years ago without Ben Roethlisberger. They started one and four and really – almost made the playoffs behind Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. Then Mason gets hurt, loses to the Jets. You know, they they lay an egg against Buffalo in the famous Dave Schofield, Brian Anthony Davis spooning game. And uh, they uh, then they run into Baltimore. I mean, were they going to do anything in the playoffs? No, but you still want to – they were that close with that team. I actually think bad. this is a better team than it was two years ago. I've always wanted to do this bad. Playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's a regular thing that, that that's hurt that's hurt my throat there i've, I've sounded like a like a bird um, that that in practice we're talking practice talking about practice uh hey well that wraps up our meeting not the show not the end of part one but our meeting and i appreciate all those answers that, that needed to be said am i being um, retained is my question you're the owner i'm the coach well I get to stay. I mean, if if Denver wins, then you're coming back to the boardroom, and we're going to have another two minute discussion. And I think you're out. Um, yeah. But hey, hey, look, that was that was good. So let's move into uh, our Ironheart Awards. Me and Maddie are doing. I'm going to put you on the spot again, um, and we'll just do it very fast of the the last week's games. So basically, the premise is we have like three stars, two stars, and one star for the best players, and then we go into the uh, Manly Award, the coach, and the dunce. So who would be your three point? your three-point player from last week. Who was the best person versus Green Bay? Oh, my goodness. You know, I uh, was not absolutely ready for this, but (laughs) 
you know, I'm going to have to say, you know what? I'm not going to go with that guy. I'm going to go with Deontay Johnson. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought, uh, I thought he was back. I still don't think he's a hundred percent, but I really think he's Ben's go-to guy that, that beautiful pass and that 45 yard touchdown, you know, I will take that. So I'm going to go ahead and give him three points this week. Well, that's interesting because he's part of one of my awards, but he isn't part of my three. Uh, my three this week is still Najee. Najee, we talked about him way too much. Give that guy a chance. Give that guy a better line. He can beat the the linebacker. He's missing like 28 tackles or something, like something missed in, in the NFL. He's, he's missed the first time. Oh, he's leading, times. yes. He's, yeah, he's and, the le- league leader. And he still has less yards than Derrick Henry and all those guys. So he's my three. Who would be your second player, your two points, your two stars in the Green Bay game? I could have gone with uh, this guy as my three three star player, but I'm not, and it's T.J. Watt. Yes, he had two sacks, but really, you're not going. Gosh, this is like that that uh, ugly girl you meet at the bar at two a.m. You're T.J. Watt is not going to put any of these sacks in his highlight reel. You know, yeah. when the voters do not want to look at these sacks. He still got them but the voters don't want to look at these two sacks because they do not define what he could do. But I still think he had a fantastic game. I think he changes things on that defense. So I'm going to go with him as my number two. I love your pick of Najee Harris, though. The thing is bad at those bars. All the, you know, all the girls have feelings, and we need to we need to accommodate that. Oh, um, yeah, and we what... do. We do. You and, I, you and I gel on that. But, Mark, are you sending – are you going to write about that in your Christmas card? Are you going to brag to your friends about it? No. No, it's just it's close to my heart, you know, and some of the, some of those experiences I've had in some of these bars over in America. Uh, my number two is uh, Arthur Millette. I had to bring him up this week. And the, the thing is, he only made two tackles, I believe, for, for behind the sticks. But you know what I see with Arthur Millette so far when he's in the game? He plays with passion. I have seen when, when he knocks someone out, he's getting up and he's, he's ready to go. Um He's maybe not the game changer just yet, but like the two tackles from behind the line of scrimmage, we need some of that because we aren't getting behind that that scrimmage. We're not we're not good at putting the running backs in the in the backfield there. So, um, would you would you agree with that with Arthur Millet or is that is that punching above the weight? No, I I have no problem with that because that's a guy that that we've got to pay attention to. And I haven't been submitting stuff into your awards. I was about to one day and I couldn't find him. I wanted Spillane in week two and uh, he wasn't on there. And I'm like, <laughs> and then I just forgot. <laughs> then I completely forgot about it. But you know, I, uh, no, I, I like that. I think that's the spirit of this award is a guy like Arthur Millette there. I'm glad that they, that's a good signing. hundred percent. And uh, who would be your number one point? Your, your one uh, star to the, the Steelers versus Green Bay. I would have to say that uh, I like Harris, but I'm not. I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm going to see Minka in that game. I uh, really, I'm giving Minka the touchdown in my mind. If if PFF could give Ben Roethlisberger an interception against Buffalo that he didn't get, I could give Minka, and I could give Minka that block and that touchdown and Joe Hayden that that block. I I can go ahead and give them that. So, yeah. you know, I mean, in my mind, I, I thought, I think Minka is having a, a fantastic season. Um, he's, he's really showing up as a big guy. And, and I think he's shown up even more after, after TJ got paid. 
Well, I, I, I agree. Minka's, Minka's doing really well, and he's part of my other awards coming up. Uh, my number one point is uh, TJ Watt. We've, we, we talked about him. He got the two sacks, but he's just a presence in that defense. Um, next, for the Manly Award, the, the, the bad, who would be the player that smashed someone, that stood up, that you know grabbed the bull by the horns in this game? Who's that player? You know what? I'm actually... Uh... I want to say Cam every single time. Um, I would go ahead and say, you know, dare I say Devin Bush this week? Really? I thought Devin Bush was tough in that game. I want to say Cam Hayward every single week. I mean, you should call it the Cam Hayward Award, really. Well, yeah. But should, um, yeah. I thought I thought Devin Bush made a presence was actually a presence in that game. A lot of people are down on Devin Bush. I'm not. Yeah. Um, well, mine this week is a guy you just talked about before. Is Minka. Now, within the, the 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 block field goal, that should have been a thing for a guy to go and do that. And he was onside. We all know he was onside. He's my man. I don't care if they called it back, um, which is the, one of the worst calls in history. You don't throw that flag. Even Dave said, you don't throw that flag. You just don't do it. There's no way you do that. Minka with the block field goal. Is my manly guy um, pushing to the last two bad? Who is the coach of the week? You would say. Oh, oh my gosh! I can't believe I am about to say this, but Danny Smith Jr. Mine's I, the same. I, I, I it shocks me because, <laughs> uh, man, I I'd rather say, um, man, I would rather say. Uh, the guy who played Fonzie um, <laughs> from uh, the water boy of, of course, Mr. Henry Winkler. I would rather do that. Um, gonna... say that. Say that he's a better coach than ever say, and he's fictional than ever say Danny Smith jr. But no, that they, they really did well. I've got a theory bad uh, that Danny Smith jr. Was, you know, chewing his gum to the cadence of the, the quarterbacks, sorry, the, the center snap. And that's how Minker and Joe would read that. So they look over the sidelines. They don't, they don't watch the ball. They look at Danny Smith chewing the gum up and down. And Danny Smith is so intelligent that he knows when the ball is going to go. So he gives them a heads up. And they're counting their, uh, the chews. And <laughs> I made this up this morning. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, this is well thought out. I, I, I like it. I, so as, he, as he's chewing, they're like, you know, you can't watch the ball because apparently you get offside anyway. What's the point? And Danny Smith is like a, he's like a, um, uh, a Jedi out there. And he's going one, two, three, as he, as he, and then they jump. That's how he, that's how it works. He's a genius. All right, to end it, and then I'll, then I'll end, I'll then we'll end part one. Who was the dunce of the week? Who was the worst player or the worst play? It's man, this this is like a stab to the gut every time I have to say this. But Ben Roethlisberger, you know. Yeah, I yeah I I agree with you. And uh, mine this week is is the guy he's throwing to DJ. You. He did play well, but in that one play, you can't run backwards five yards. Yeah, no, I'll agree with him. And I gave, I gave him. Sorry, sorry, I'm laughing because Aaron's back, and and should we block him just for just because he's a Ravens fan? Well, it's it's you know another executive decision you got to make. Um, but with that, you know, well, any anything more to say? We'll, we'll end it on part one here. Bad. Anything more to say about the the Steelers versus Packers? You know what? That once again, that was unfortunate the way it happened. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not saying that that once again, I'm not saying that 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 uh, blocked field goal that wasn't Jesse James caught that ball. I wasn't offside. Quote the Hayden. I, I would say that, but you know, really, this is. Uh, that was a tough situation. If they come away and win that game, then we're not as scared anymore right now. Yeah. But I alluded to something earlier on the show that uh, next two weeks are really going to define it. I, we talked about this the other day. Is the Steelers season on life support? Now, the question to that is, you know, no, it's not on life support yet. You're not calling the family in just yet. You're not ready to do that. If you lose against Denver, you call the family in. If and then you're at one and four. If you lose against Seattle and now um, Geno Smith, which really you should beat Geno Smith, but if you lose that game and you're in one five, then you ask the priest to do last rites. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm looking at there. And with that being said, we'll go. We'll end the uh, the first part of Steelers uh, touchdown under. Um, join us for the second part. We're going to sling in the slang. We're going to how do we beat Denver? Uh, we talk things about Australia. We're talking things NFL. We've got our mate here, Brian. So please, you know, check us out on audio and, and on YouTube, guys. Just stick around for five seconds. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.